Hello, my name is Mikhail, and I welcome you into this time and space dedicated to practicing the way of Jesus. This week, in the way of Jesus, we are considering two ancient Jewish economic practices as we seek to live out the heart of the command, do not steal. summer months, our congregation is journeying through a sermon series on the Ten Commandments and the story of liberation that surrounds them. But we're also using Jesus's Sermon on the Mount to help us understand how to put these commandments into practice in the way of Jesus. Now, the command to not steal seems pretty straightforward. Don't take what isn't yours. But we often forget to ask the question, What is truly mine? The Hebrew people were delivered out of a system of slavery, oppression, and scarcity in Pharaoh's Egypt, and delivered into a system of abundance, liberation, and community governed by God. God created the world with everything needed for life and shares the gifts of creation freely. This truth grounded the Jewish people in the belief that everything belonged to God and was a gift from God. And therefore, humans were only the stewards, caretakers, and enjoyers of those good gifts. So seen in this light, taking what doesn't belong to you has a whole new breadth and depth of meaning. In his sermon on Sunday, Pastor Chris talked about four economic practices outlined in the Torah that guided the people in how to live lives free of stealing. They are the combined practice of Sabbath, tithing, gleaning, and jubilee. And these were the ways to steward the gifts of creation without stealing. If you haven't heard the sermon yet, You can find the link to watch it on YouTube in our show notes and hear a more detailed discussion about these ideas. But this week, we want to look at two of these ancient practices, tithing and gleaning, to consider what these might look like in 2021 and how we might practice this way of life. If you'd like to learn more about practicing Sabbath, you can listen to last month's podcast on the fourth commandment. But today we'll start with tithing. Tithing, in the most literal sense, is giving 10% of our income to God. For the new nation of Israel, the tithe from all the people enabled the priests and ministers to work full-time on the people's behalf, and allowed the community to have places for worship. And this was such a significant part of Judaism, 
that the early church continued and expanded this practice by giving a tithe or more to the local congregation. And this is the economic model most churches still run on today. Here at 8th Street, we couldn't do any of what we do without people's regular giving. Our entire budget, pastors' salaries, building utilities and maintenance, technology for live streaming and this podcast, food for hungry neighbors, snacks and curriculum for our kids, coffee and communion, everything we do is because people have given, have tithed to make it happen. And that's how we can say that 8th Street Church is not just the work of the pastors, it is the work of God that all of us participate in. So what does it look like to practice tithing? Many of us may be in the habit of giving, but it might be a long time since we've really thought about how much or why we give. So if this is you, this week, let your giving come from a place of consideration and gratitude. Before you give, reflect on all that you call your own and trace back how and where those things have come from. If we have patience to go back far enough, we recognize that everything has its start as a gift from God. And there is very little, maybe hardly anything at all, that we can take full credit for ourselves. So in this spirit of gratitude, make a gift to your local congregation, whether you worship at 8th Street or anywhere else. And an important part of this practice is that we give in a way that we can't control what is done with our gift. It's a no-strings-attached practice of gratitude and trust. Now, while you can give online, might be an important part of this practice for you to engage yourself more physically in an embodied process of writing a check or withdrawing cash and bringing it to worship on Sunday or mailing it to the church office. Now, if you haven't given in a long time or really ever, 10% might feel impossible. So, Ask God to help you know what you can give to start. And remember that we're not going for perfection here. We're, we're going for practice that shapes us. Start somewhere. Start from a place of gratitude. And then see what the Spirit Every part of me Wants to love you like you Gleaning, the second economic practice of ancient Israel, is an agricultural term that means not harvesting the full crop. In an agrarian economy, everyone who owned land farmed it. 
But gleaning meant that farmers weren't supposed to squeeze every drop of profitable crop from their land. Instead, they were to leave some of it unharvested around the edges, so that those who did not have their own land, the orphans, the widows, and refugees from other countries, could harvest and use what was left over. If you're familiar with the Old Testament story of Ruth, this is what Boaz did for her and Naomi. So what would gleaning look like today in our very different economic system? Well, I think this may look different for each person depending on what resources you have available to you. I can think of one single mom friend who knows how to stretch her food budget and always has more food money than she and her kids need. So she uses that to bless others. She buys favorite snacks for her friends' birthdays, the kind that are just slightly extravagant and not something they would buy for themselves. Or she hosts big dinner parties for single friends in her home. And then there are others who rather than using all of their expendable income on themselves, give to support individuals or organizations that care for orphans, widows, and refugees in their area and around the world. And these are gifts of gleaning on top of their tithe to their local congregation. We can also think about gleaning in terms of time. Rather than using all of our time to either earn money for ourselves or pursue our own enjoyment, we reserve some of our time to bless others, maybe by volunteering, visiting someone in a nursing home or in a jail, or tutoring a kid during our lunch break. We can also think about this in terms of natural resources. What would it look like for you to not use all of the water or all of the electricity or all of the gas that you have available to you. So for this practice, first consider what resources you do have at your disposal, whether food, finances, time, or anything else. And then invite the Holy Spirit to help you see where and how you can use your resources to bless others instead of keeping them all for yourself. And just as before, we are starting somewhere as a practice of obedience, knowing it will grow and change and change us. As we study the Ten Commandments, we're also listening in to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And I think these words are very important for us to hear from Matthew 6, 19 through 24. Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven 
where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I think the practices of tithing and gleaning are some of the ways we store up treasures in heaven, as Jesus would say. They are also practices that provide us freedom to break free from the master, the oppression of money. As we practice tithing and gleaning this week and into the weeks to come, pray that you will know the freedom and joy and gratitude of a life without stealing. May you grow in joy and gratitude as you recognize the good gifts of God all around you. And may you walk into freedom as you learn to hold those gifts loosely, sharing them with others as God has shared them freely with you. Thank you, friends, for joining me. I'm grateful to be with you on this journey in the way of Jesus. Grace and peace.